ATV Talk, the podcast. Sit down with your host industry professional, Leonard Duncan, as the men and women from the ATV world bring their behind-the-scenes stories to life. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And remember, dream big. It could be your story one day. GBC Power Sports Tires, a division of Green Ball Corp, has been producing industry-leading tires for ATV side-by-side market for over 25 years with tires like Mongrel, Dirt Devil, Terramaster, XC Master, Dirt Commander, and Groundbuster. They have a tire for your application. Top racers from GNCC, Works, and Best in the Desert rely on GBC Power Sports tires. So why shouldn't you? Go check them out at gbctires.com to see the full line of tires they offer. Thank you very much. GPR Stabilizer, a leader in steering dampener technology, brings you the new Q5 Sport ATV damper with better control and handling with an upgraded vane and seal system. Go check it out today, www.gprstabilizers.com or call 619-661-0101. Don't forget to tell them ATV Talks Hey everybody, I got a special guest today. His name's Brad Page. How are you, buddy? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Hey, thanks for spending some time with me on ATV Talk. Um, no problem. It's been a long time since we got to to conversate and uh, talk ATVs. Absolutely. So I always wanted to know what got you started in the ATV world? Well, honestly, uh, as a kid growing up, you know, we, uh, of course, me and me and my two other younger brothers, uh, I grew up in a family of, of five boys, <laughs> you know, and uh, the, the last three were fairly close in age, but the other two was quite a bit older. And I had an old brother that rode ATVs <laughs> his whole life. And, and, you know, he he raced Blackwater. He raced all the old school races when Dave Coombs started putting on races. So, you know, uh, in 1987, he had an accident. Ended up dying from it. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't have a whole lot to do with ATVs for a while. Um, but as I got a little bit older, you know, I, I just I just knew it was something I needed to do. And how old were you when you started uh, started you know racing and and riding? Well, I I rode as a kid on three wheelers years ago um and when he had his accident i was 13 year old um and from that point till i was 21 i never got on another machine um once i turned 21 you know i I just felt like there was something that that i needed to do and you know i started building a 250r and you know i started out in local races and just Carried on from there. How long did it take you to go to the to the nationals? Oh, 
I rode two Mid-South races and I went to the Nationals. <laughs> so, uh, Atlanta, um, Road Atlanta was my first GNCC I ever rode. And, and did you sign up in the pro class? No, I rode uh, 250B class. So, you were 21 when you did that. How long did it take you to get to the pro class? I rode 250B class that year. I rode 250A the next year and won it. Then I went to pro class. So you progressed pretty fast. Yeah. Yeah. And did you ride a stock frame 250? I did. How long did you ride the stock frame 250? Uh, Until I went pro. And when you went pro, you switched to the logo? Pro design. Yeah. That's that's pretty awesome. So that was... Uh, what year was that? Uh, when I went pro was 2000, I think. And the Lobos came out in 03. Uh, I was riding a, I was riding the Lobo. I take that back. No, it was a Lobo yeah. in, in, yeah. in uh, 95. That, I'm sorry. Yeah. They, they came out way before that. Yeah. Yeah. So. I don't know what I was thinking. Yeah. No, in, in 2000, I went to pro class and, and went on a row chassis. Yeah. How did you find out about the roller stuff? Uh, Yokeley's probably. Me and William Yokeley, uh, I mean, we, we grew up together. We went to church together. Our parents knew each other. Um, you know, I was a little bit older than him, but, uh, you know, once once I started riding, we we rode together every weekend. Whether you were racing or trail riding, yeah, absolutely. And your two younger brothers did they did they follow your footsteps? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, they they rode, uh, of course, different classes, but yeah, pretty much. All did you guys all three travel together and everything like that? Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, there, there for. Uh, well, let's see. the The first year I raced GNCCs, there, there wasn't. I don't know. There was probably a handful of us went to the races. Um, the next few years, <laughs> we had a crowd. We had a family that went. Uh, my cousins, <laughs> my uncles. I mean, we had, we, there was a whole clan of us that went. Wow. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. No, that they was probably on average when I ran, when I ran 258 class on the average, there was probably 15 every race of us. Piled in the pickups and just tricking went to the race. Oh yeah. Just. I'll in the cars, the trucks, the, the, the vans, whatever, and took off. Yep. Was that before the big rigs and all the stuff? Were you guys yeah. making tents and, or hotels yeah. or whatever? No, we, we were doing hotels. No. I'm not pitching tent. <laughs> did, did you race Blackwater too? No, I did not. My older brother. Uh, my brother that uh, that had the accident, he raced Blackwater, uh, I think, three different times, maybe four. 
and the, the Blackwater ended. What was the last year? The last year he wrote it was 1987. Um, so I know it, I know it carried on for a few years after that, but, uh, I, I'm guessing it was probably early 90s. Yeah, because wasn't that because because oh, William's older brother John Yoke he wrote it on a in a on a two fifty R four with her a couple of years yeah and wasn't that the race that Bob Sloan passed at yeah yeah that that, that that's quite the race man Blackwater mm-hmm. I got to go one that's man I I remember going up there. I was probably 10, 11 year old the last time that I got to go to that race. And, uh, and I, I remember standing in the middle of that first river crossing, <laughs> you know, and, and I'm looking around, and there's hundreds of people standing in the middle of the water. And there's this huge dude. He, he's bald headed. He's, he's wearing his Harley vest and whatever. And there's a water snake come down the, <laughs> down the river and he grabs it up. Yanks it up, bites his head off. <laughs> you know, you know, I scarred for life right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, the Blackwater is the place to be right here, buddy. Hmm. I've, I've probably told this story, but Bob picks me up at the airport, and the, and we go straight to the track, right? Yeah. So we drive across the bridge, and as we're driving in, there's this guy on a 185S with a big old long beard and it's split down the middle so it's <laughs> flopping over each shoulder. He's got yeah. ear to ear grin and he ain't got no teeth. <laughs> his shirt's the same color as his jeans. <laughs> He's got no shoes on, holding the Budweiser, just as right. as that 185S would go. That's a lifestyle right there, buddy. I was yeah. scared to death. Yeah. It's a, it's a different world up there. It was, <laughs> by all means. Yeah, I can I can remember the the last year I was there. Of course, my older brother he he was the same age as William Yokely's older brother, and they rode together and they traveled together and you know they practiced together and, and they they were they were great friends. But uh, <laughs> the last year I was up there, me and William was. You know, I was probably 10, 11 year old, just running around. And I remember uh, going out in the track there with me, just me and William. And we found a rock the size of a freaking backhoe bucket. And we rolled it. We, I mean, we struggled, but we rolled that thing right over into a big mud hole. Waited for the first person to come through, and as soon as they wheelied over, they did it. I mean, just rip a swing arm plumb off the machine. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, we done so much sorry shit. It's them riders. If they do it with us, they kill us. <laughs> <laughs> so when you ran into a booby trap in the woods, you just knew. Yeah, that's that right. Payback. Yeah, that's right. You know, you know who it was from. Yeah, <laughs> that was too funny. Yeah. What was the What was your favorite place to race? High Point. 
High Point. High Point was my home. What was so good about it? I don't know. It was just something about that terrain, that track, that, uh, I don't know. Uh, of course, uh, you know, that's where the Holberts were from. I always loved that whole family. You know, they, they're great people and, and they were, they were great for the GNCC, but every time I'd go to High Point, man, I don't know. There was something about it that, that it's just my place to be. So you had your best finishes of of, oh, yeah. of your racing career there as well. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I won a, a couple of rounds there overall, uh, but the, that was probably the first podium I ever got out as a, as a pro rider was in High Point. Nice. There, there was something about that track that this. I mean, you could just let it hang out. You know, the the year that I won the overall there, Jeremiah Jones was there. Um, that's when he was he was, he was dominating the motocross series, um, and he shows up at High Point. Of course, he, he's a local guy, not too far away from where I live. Uh, we got to ride quite a bit together occasionally. Um, and then he shows up at High Point and, you know, uh, I don't know, things fell into place and I, and, and me and him led that race the entire race, um, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until the last lap, you know, and I, and I got it around him again and, you know, I don't know. He, he fell off the pace quite a bit on that last lap, but man, I mean, we were stroking that whole race just back and forth. And, uh, you know, I was thinking, dang, this dude, you know, he's, he's a motocross guy. He's got to give up in a minute. You know, he's going <laughs> to give up. He's got to give up. He's got to give up. <laughs> just, you know, kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And man, he didn't, he didn't give up to that very last moment, you know, and, I, I don't know. We we had one heck of a day. It was great. That's I awesome. I, I seen him. Uh, I don't know. A few years ago, uh, my middle child he he had a uh, LTR four fifty, uh, and I, I went and seen Jeremiah a few times with with problems with it. And you know, every time I see him, that's what we talk about. Side point. <laughs> it's pretty wild. But that's a, that's a good conversation to have. It was it was a it was a phenomenal race, and you know, and it was about the same time that Dirt Wheels Magazine they came out with those rider profiles, and they had Jeremiah on the motocross side, and they had me on the cross country side, and you know, I mean, we had we had battled and battled and battled through that race, so it was pretty neat. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Where else? Where else did you like to race? Uh, let's see. Loretta's was a great track that I always enjoyed, but it did not enjoy me. You know, <laughs> the, uh, one of the last years I raced down there, I was on the uh, the Kawasaki 400 when they came out that year. I went to four stroke. I had five flat tires. It one ruts, you know. It just, I don't know. It's a nightmare. So, 
it's a fun track. It's just uh, it's a brutal track, and it'll it'll beat the crap out of you. So. so, you started with the two fifty R standard frames, and you went to the Lobos. Mm-hmm. When you switched to the four strokes, was it a disappointment? It was a disappointment, but it was also exciting because I really thought that the industry was going to step right in and and, and start supporting ATV riders, you know. Um, they did a little bit, but nowhere near what everybody expected them to. I had looking back on it, the the last year, uh, trying to think of what year it was. I was riding Lobos that year, one of the best years I ever had. Uh, if you took, a, I podiumed every race that year that I finished. That was probably two thousand and two, maybe somewhere around there. Uh, Every race that I finished, I podiumed, you know. Uh, but the last race of the year, I went ahead and got on a Z400 and raced it bone stock with Elka suspension. Looking back on it, I shouldn't have done that. I, I should have stuck out another year on the 250R, no doubt. What What do you think would have happened that that – one more year on the 250R. Oh, I would have, you know, if if not had been running in the championship, I'd have been right there, ain't no doubt. How how did the year go on the four stroke? I finished top five every race, but uh, you know there there was a lot of uh, fine tuning. Uh, a lot of wiring issues, a lot of just, you know, just, just trying to get things dialed in that, you know, you're, you, I basically started all over again. Right. When, when I should have stuck out another year that, that one more year on a 250R, uh, I, I think it would have helped me tremendously with even, even future sponsorships. So. You got to race against some of what could be considered the the, the greatest riders or the greatest time um, being the 250 and then the start of the four strokes. What do you see different about today versus back then? The uh, technology and machines, obviously. uh, I've watched a lot of videos and, and this guy's, uh, this, uh, Hunter Hart kid. And I, I, I've been following him for uh, a year or so, you know, and watched him come up, man. And, and watching his videos, the, the way that machine handles different situations. And I, and I'm looking and I mean, he, he's in ruts, knee deep and, you know, I mean, it looks like he's floating across. Uh, you know, the technology has freaking changed tremendously. You know, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, we were, you know, 
even in the mid two thousands, we were riding a machine that was built in <laughs> the early eighties. You know, <laughs> so I mean, sometimes you gotta you you gotta travel with time, and and you know it, it'll pay off. Well, you made a comment about you were hoping that the 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 factories would would back. You know, when you rode, the industry supported the industry. All of the aftermarket companies were the ones doing all the development and all the sponsorship yeah. of all the racers. And yeah. I thought that I thought that we did a pretty good job of taking care of a lot of you guys. Absolutely, absolutely. There, there is no doubt about that. I mean, you know, the the bike I rode the last few years as Duncan sponsored me. That that bike alone was a you know, twenty seven or eight thousand dollar machine, you know? And, you know, I paid nothing for it. You know? Um absolutely. If it if it wasn't for the aftermarket companies, I mean the the GNCC, the the, the quad event wouldn't even have existed for years. You know? The the aftermarket companies supported you know, that, that series and they supported the people that done that. Uh, you know, there was a, there was, there was a, a time there that, that when we went to, when the Z400 came out, you know, Suzuki approached me about a, a sponsorship, you know, and, you know, it, it was a great program, you know, and, when when I got off the phone with them that afternoon, you know, they were going to send me a contract and I was going to sign with Suzuki, you know, uh, you know, it went, it went for days and days and days and I didn't hear nothing, you know, uh, got my own opinion about what happened there, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know things took a twist, so. Well, yeah, didn't they? Didn't their whole program change at that given moment? Yeah, a lot of stuff changed. Yeah, yeah, because we uh, we had some phone conversations with multiple people. But Lauren did. I didn't really have them. But, yeah, um, there there were multiple conversations with with a lot of that stuff. Um, back in those days, the factories would use some of the aftermarket guys to help develop things. Um, and then leave us in the lurch. Yeah. I mean, we did all the work and then somebody else yep. got all the gravy. Just yeah, absolutely. That's what took place. Yeah. Leave you hanging. I wish that I wish that when the factories came in, they would have researched the aftermarket companies that carried it and, mm-hmm. and used all of them and they didn't. Sometimes no. they brought companies in that had nothing to yeah. do with them. Right. And no clue what was going on. No, no, it was a shame. And they did, they did it, they did it more than once. That's yeah. the whole problem. Yeah. We could cry over spilled. No, we're still here. Yeah, we're right. still doing it. And, um, you know, I mean, I don't want to get into, get into yeah. that, but that's a bunch of politics, you know? Well, yeah, but I, I still did love them. I still love it. I mean, yeah, yeah I know, but, but, you know, uh, when it, when I talked to that fellow that night, you know, um, after that conversation, you know, I, I was on cloud nine, you know, I thought, man, this is, this is my opportunity. You know, it, it, if I, if I can do this full time, 
there's nobody out there that can stop me. Nobody. You know, I mean, the whole time that I race ATVs, man, I, I worked a 50, 60 hour a week job, you know, and, and worked away from home and traveled back and forth. And I mean, people don't realize how much time and effort I put into my work, you know, and, and that little bit of extra time that I had, and that's what I raced from. That's what I rode from. That's what I practiced from. Just a little bit of time, you know, and I, and I thought at, at that moment, I thought, man, right here we go. <laughs> we're doing this and, and we're not looking back, you know, and, you know, uh, when it fell through, it just kind of disheartened me about the whole thing. I mean, it just, you know, every, everything come crumbling down. See my. Well, yeah, because so many things changed in the industry for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you weren't the only one that got that effect. No, I, I realize that. You know, I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of people got disappointed in, in a lot of different portions of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I look back at some of the things that I seen go on, but I didn't know all the details because that wasn't my role back then. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I remember you guys all coming to the West Coast and, and, uh, in that complex where the, where we were located, there was an empty building, an empty unit. And I remember that Lauren borrowed that from the landlord and we would go in there and we just had piles of stuff for you guys, jerseys and pants and helmets and boots and bike yeah. parts. And, and, and everybody had a pile, you know, and, and, uh, and that, that was, <laughs> you know, in, in all my memories of, of, of racing, you know, there were, there were several years that I would fly out to you guys' place, um, mid to late February. Yeah. And I'd spend about 10, 11 days out there. We would do a Dirt Wheels magazine article. Uh, I'd go to O'Neill and I, I'd rack up on any, you know, I'd go in there and they, they'd be like, grab a box grab a crate, you know, get anything you want, you know, and I'd feel that thing full. And I'd feel so guilty for, for getting so much stuff, you know, and they're like, is it, that ain't enough. You need more. Get this, you know. Uh, but uh, they they were a phenomenal sponsor, you know, and uh, I don't know, it's some of the best times of my life to, to remember back and reflect back to, uh, to coming out there in Southern California doing photo shoots, magazine articles, you know, visiting, uh, you know, side sponsors and everything. These are great. Do your, do your kids ever ask about it? They do. Yeah, they do. Uh, of course, my, my oldest, she growed up in it, you know, when she was a baby, we were in Florida racing, you know, she growed up in the races. Uh, my middle one, he is 18 now. Uh, he missed out on a lot of it. And, you know, you, you can tell, I mean, just throughout his life, he, he has always been so into ATVs and most struggles, but you could tell that it breaks his heart to have not grown up in the same atmosphere as my oldest, you know? So, 
Do you think he's going to take a shot at it? Uh, he he's rode for several years, um, but you know, nah, I don't think he'll ever, you know, do the GNCCs or whatever. It takes so much effort and time, and you know, he he's been to a lot of GNCCs. He's rode some back a few years ago, maybe a couple years ago, but. It's, it's it it does it, it's it's a it's a life changer. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, you know, it, it it's almost to the point now that you know if if back then had been like it is now, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. You know. It, it's so expensive. It's so time consuming. It's so, you know, it, it takes up so much of your life that, you know, if things, if things in my time period had been like they are now, I wouldn't have never done it. I wouldn't have been able to. No, because the cost of everything has just yeah. gotten absorbing higher. I mean, we lived in a little different times then, you know. I mean, I know. Yes, I remember going to a gas pump headed. We were headed Spartans or Sparta, Kentucky, and I remember stopping in. What is that town called? Uh, it's just south of Cincinnati, uh, Florence, Kentucky. Maybe it's right on the Kentucky line, whatever. And I remember pulling up the gas pump. And it was like a dollar nineteen. And I remember jumping back in the vehicle and I'm cussing and I'm raising seven kinds of hell and I'm like, you know, this is ridiculous. These gas prices keep going like this, you know, the hell with this shit. I ain't doing it, you know. It's like a dollar and twenty cents a gallon, man. But we we had been used to eighty nine or ninety nine cents a gallon, you know. And I remember pumping gas and thinking, this freaking crazy. It's ridiculous. You know, how am I going to do this? <laughs> what I wouldn't give for it to be that way now. It's seven bucks a gallon out here on the West Coast. No shit. That's, see, that's crazy, man. Yeah. This, it, it, this it, world is, you know, I think our ass is passing up the head. <laughs> <laughs> that's one way. That's one that's way to right. put it. I'm telling you. Um, you mentioned that you had an uh, your son had an LTR. Did you get to go spend any time on that? Because I know that you rode the the, the Z four hundred and you rode the Lobo. But getting on that LTR, what did you think of the modern uh, style? I, I, I did a little bit. Uh, we went to a mid south race uh, in Monterey, Tennessee, and uh, he had some issues with the bike, whatever. You know, uh, so I went out, once he came into fits, I went out on track. I got his bike. Uh, I can't remember what he had, what problem he had, but I rode that thing for probably a half a lap back in. I didn't have a helmet on. I didn't have riding boots. I didn't have shit on, but I got on that back and I rode the track and I rode the track like I would any other track, you know? Uh, I kind of hammered down on it, uh, and I was I was really impressed with it. 
Yeah. That LTR is a, is a machine that, that to me, I can make really sweet. Oh yeah. They, they're, they were great bikes. Um, they're kind of went by the wayside because parts have gotten expensive and, and, yeah. and, hard, to, and hard to get. Yeah. Um, Suzuki did some stupid things to cause them not oh, to be yeah. able to sell them anymore, but crazy. Yeah. The Yamaha but, is a good platform. Looking, uh, watching, you know, following this Hunter Hart and, and watching these videos and that these Yamahas are a machine to be reckoned with. They look phenomenal. You know, they are, uh, they, they are, you know, you know, you know, us, I'm diehard Honda guy, but I know. Not, not and I, I would love to spend a little bit of time on a, a really nice setup Yamaha because the only, the only feelings I have from Yamaha is when they first came out and they absolutely sucked. My opinion. Yeah. But this, the, you know, this, this the early, not. the first year models of them was just, you just couldn't get them set up right, you know. Yeah, but this this R model is a. Oh, I know. Really, really refined it and did a great job with it. Yeah. And You know, there's so many good qualities that the, the little things that you have to change to make it a great race bike. But for the general consumer, you buy an ECU, a pipe, and an air intake, and you go ride the thing, and it handles good, it turns good. Um, it, it's not a more of an off-road machine mm-hmm. but for woods and motocross. It's a good bike. Yeah. And it looks good. <laughs> it looks great in these videos I've been watching. Well, yeah. You got, you got some of these guys are so talented because they learn the lesson, you know, they go out and that's all they do is ride. Yeah. You know, Hunter, um, if you've ever, if you ever get to talk to him, you're going to love it. Cause the guy, the guy talks as fast as he, as he rides. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how old he is, but man, he's got his shit together. He's a young I, 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 I respect him a lot. And, and just, just watching him grow. Um, uh, I watched him before he went to pro class a lot, you know, and kind of followed him a little bit, but. Just watching him grow, man. I mean, he is, he is freaking turning on right now. I mean, he's a good rider. Damn good rider. I just talked to, actually, I just had him on the pod. I just taped with him last night and, uh, him and Josh Merritt and, um, the level that he wants to be at. And you, you take him, Walker Fowler, Bryce Neal, and a couple of the other guys and, they have all raised the bar, and they're all they're all riding awesome. Oh yeah, it, yeah, they're 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 pushing that limit big time. I think that Walker's beating him not because he's faster. I think he's beating him because he's smarter. Yeah, more experience. Yeah. Well, Bryson Bryson is this big, strong kid, from what they say, and he just manhandles his way through there. Um, I'm sure as he's as the more he rides, he's going to get a little smarter. And oh yeah! Look out! Absolutely. I tell you, I watching them and and what I've watched, you know, you know. Of course, we we've all got our favorites and we've all got our picks. You know, I'm 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 hanging in there with Hunter Hart. 
<laughs> I, I, I think he's, he's, he's coming in there, buddy. He, he is. Oh, trust me, I'm a Hunter Hart fan just, myself. Just, just watching him from from year to year, the way you know, it's pretty amazing. I think, I think, I think, and yes, he's going to have his time. If he has, he has the backing. He has, he has it all. You know. Um, and that, that's one thing that I always struggle with. You know, I just, you know, I had great sponsors, but, you know, I still had to work for a living. You know, if, if I could have dedicated myself to that ATB, things would have been a little different. And probably. I mean, there's a lot of guys that never yeah. got to go. I know. And, but, but back then we were, like I said, we were in the early 2000s racing a what, 1985, 87 machine, you know, 88. Right. So I mean, we would, we would take the Lobos and, you know, and yeah. then do the new one every year. You know? Yeah. And the, the, the technology got a little bit better, but. I think the shock technology's changed quite a bit. Oh wow, I'm telling you, it's pretty obvious it has. You watch, you watch those Yamaha scooters that stuff. Yeah, it is pretty obvious the shock technology has really advanced. There's so many things that have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuel injection, yeah, you know, good grief. Those bikes are putting out so much power, man. You know. They're they're putting out enough power that you you know you ain't got to do all that stuff, dude. Well, they're so rideable, so usable, and that's that's what it's yep. all about: rideable, usable power. That's right. It's crazy, crazy, crazy. I know it. I still know, love what, what I, I what I'd give to be twenty five year old right now. You know, <laughs> 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 you, I don't know if you'd really want to go back. Oh, I would too. <laughs> I would. Too. Absolutely, because I'd be right there. That, that's pretty awesome. That, that's so awesome. You know, I, you know, I, you I'm, I just start about go ahead. I, I don't miss it, you know, in in a sense. But but when I really sit down and I start thinking about it, and and I remember, you know, I I, I remember <laughs> coming through that checkered flag and. And everybody just tooting and hollering and pull up on that podium. Yeah, I do miss it too. That's one of the greatest feelings there is in this world, other than having a child. Getting yeah. on that podium, getting on that podium, and and uh, you know these people going—I mean, thousands of people going crazy. That's a fun time right there. Did you ever get to go race overseas? No. I had the opportunity to go with you guys and race uh, on the boat, and I turned it down. Oh, buddy, I did, I did, and I—you have no idea how much I ever regretted that. From that moment, um, there were some issues, and you know, family issues, and and I just, you know, I, I couldn't do it at that time, and. And I have regretted that my whole life. If I had that choice to do over, that was, that was even even before I had that opportunity. You know, I, I used to look through Dirt Wheels magazine and 
and and read about that race and look at it and, and I thought, man, oh, if I could ever get right there, you know, I think I, I think I could turn on on that race, you know. I mean, it's high speed and it's you know uh, just everything I loved and you know I, I turned it down. My fault. Well, it, it happens. Life happens. I mean, there's oh, yeah. absolutely way bigger than way bigger than the yeah. things that we want to do. It just ends up what we're looking to do. How long was you pro? Huh? How long were you a pro? Uh, let's see. I think I went pro in two thousand. And then I think after 2003, I just rode part-time. Okay. Maybe 2004. I had to have been 2004 because the Z400 came out after the, after the. It was was 2004. That's when it was. Yeah. Uh, I went, I went pro in 2000. 2001, 2002, 2003, and into 2004. Yeah. Uh, this, you gotta, you gotta uh, clear up my, my memory. I don't know why I always picture you as number five. Uh, number five is when I went to a four stroke. I rode Kawasaki and Suzuki that year. Number five. Um, the year before, I won several races, uh, overalls. Um, came down to the last race in Indiana uh, with me and Matt Smiley. I should have been number two. Um, things worked out. I've become another three. So, And Smiley got number two? Yeah. And Barry was number one. No, Bill Balance. Bill Balance, okay. Yeah. Uh, I had some, uh, let's see, South Carolina that year, I was leading the race, busted transmission. Oh. Just a freak thing. Now I had that DNL. Um, think what other. Uh, There was another race that year that we had one throwaway, um, but I had another DNF or something breaking. Uh, Luke stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but uh, yeah. Then, you know, and that race, that year I won two overalls um, and finished on the podium a couple more times, but the following year, which was 2003, I believe, um, like that was my best season ever. But I went to Florida uh, starting off the year. I was on a blue and white back that year. It's 2003. Uh, I got in the lead on the last lap about a quarter mile from the finish line and broke a chain. Brand new machine, brand new bag, brand new chain, brand new everything. Mm. Chain style, you know? Uh, but, you know, leading the race within 
<laughs> you know, five minutes of the finish line, you know, but snap the chain. And then every race that I finished that year, I podiumed. Um, we went to South Carolina, water pump seals went down on the last lap. You know, overheated the machine. Uh, I, instead of burning it up, I, I pulled over and pulled out, leading the race. Um, there was one more occasion that year. Uh, not sure what it was. I had three DNFs that year though. Uh, but I, but I still finished field. So, you know, it, it was just crazy bull crap that, you know, just weird stuff that would, would happen, you know? So, yeah, that, you, that you never had failure with. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's just part of it. You, you gotta suck it up and you gotta take those with the good, you know? Right. But man, I man, I had a lot of good races that year. You know, me and Smiley and Balance. I mean, we battled the whole race in Lord Lens back and forth, one to the other. You know, uh, I think I ended up third, but you know, man, we had one heck of a race. Uh, you know, I had a lot of second place finishes that year, uh, Ohio. Me and Balance, we we were back and forth the entire race until the last lap. Uh, I was I led pretty much the whole race until the last lap. Lapped right, skipped behind him, you know, and he took the right turn, and I took the left turn, and he got around me, you know. So we had a lot of good racing that year, lots of it. That's probably the part that made it the hardest. Yeah, I know. It was. It was, but then again, it wasn't, you know. Um, I, I knew at the end of the day that, that I had a great ride, you know, even if I DNF that day, you know, I, I knew it, it was disappointing, but I knew at the end of the day that, that I'd done my part of it, you know, and we were running good when, Whatever took place, you know. So, do you ever get and talk to any of the other older guys from that era? Um, I haven't in a while. Uh, sometime back, I, I I used to stay in pretty good contact with Balance. Yeah, I, I used to live really close to him and 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 talk to him pretty often. It's been a couple of years ago. No, no, you don't talk to Smiley or any of those guys anymore? No, I haven't. Wow. I remember Matt is quiet and tall. Yeah. Uh, the ball. I always like that. Chad. I think Chad's working on a pro bike for one of the teams, well, for Barry Hawk's team. Like a quad? No, a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Uh, did Thad quit riding? I think he's done, isn't he? Um, you know what? I don't know. No, he was, he was, him and uh, Caleb Russell was battling for several years there. Uh, but I think, I, I think Thad gave it up. I think he retired. You know, I don't, I did, I didn't follow it. Uh, yeah. I didn't follow. I, I used to. I I used to watch his race uh, 
and I tell you why it is bad. You know, when I was when I was racing ATVs, Thad was he was starting out on men's. Okay, you know, yeah, he was he was always real short anyway. Uh, he barely could reach the daggum ground on a on a KX sixty five, but he would ride the balls off of it. You know, and and they would always do that that uh, race after the pro race of uh, the minis and stuff. And man, I I can remember, you know, I can remember following his dad through the woods, and he'd give his dad a thumbs up, but I'd come through ten seconds later, and he'd be like, "Go, go, go, go!" Just he he always cheered me on. I mean, tremendously, you know, <laughs> and his dad's right in front of me. And I'm like, why are you not doing this for your dad? You know, <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. The kid was always a fan and, and I always loved that kid. I loved talking to him. And, you know, and he, even after I quit, uh, I went to a few GNCCs and, and to watch him race. And he was already on the pro level and he was riding, you know, factory bikes and this and that. Yeah. But man, I, I followed him the whole time. I mean, he, I, I'm, I'm even more of a fan of his than he was me. So, yeah, if he was a kid then, he's probably in his thirties now. Yeah, he is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so he could be. He could still be good. He could still be going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, uh, he, he was, he was. He was some kind of machine on a motorcycle. His dad was no slouch either. <laughs> no. no. Well, no. His dad's... when you when you when you thought he was done, he was just getting started. <laughs> well, didn't his dad's racing career end because he got sick? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah. That, that was I had already I had already stopped. I was racing just a few races when that happened, but no, yeah. Yeah, because I know he rode for us, and yeah. I talked to him quite a bit, and then we didn't, we just didn't hear from him anymore. Yeah, one of one of the, you know, uh, me and Chad always got along great, you know, and and was pretty good friends. Uh, one of the best races, one of the most memorable races that I ever done was coming to Southern California and doing twenty four hour Lafayette. Yeah. When when the four hundred EX come out, me and Chad, we had uh let's see. Me and Chad, my little brother Robin, Jared, Jared Huffman, and there was one more guy on our team. We started out with five guys. Uh who came out there in that race. Um uh, I think Chad started the race, maybe. Uh, anyway, me and me and Chad rode our cycles. Robin, the first cycle he rode, the first lap he wrecked and broke his wrist, <laughs> so he was out. Um, Jared, Jared done something. He had a crash and and done something, and he was out. And then our other rider crashed and it knocked him out and he didn't know where he was at so we had to take him off so within four hours of the race 
it's me and Chad. And we raced the entire race, me and Chad, swapping back and forth. <laughs> we won that race and we we went a a thousand and ninety two miles <laughs> during that race, just me and Chad riding. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> that but did you, you feel that day? That was one of the funnest races. I think I could have done another 24 hours. That, that was a blast. What year was that that you did that? God. Okay, let's see. What year did 400 EX come out? 99. It either been 99 or 2000. It was 2000. That's same. 2000. Yeah. Uh, we took, we had a roll design front end. We had an axis suspension, um, of course, Duncan engine, all the works. Uh, man, that thing was real. It's pretty sweet. I was pretty impressed with the 400EX at that point. <laughs> yeah. All these other guys, Eichner and, and all of his team, they, of course, they rode, they rode to the DRs and they won the overall, but we won second overall on a 400 EX, they went, I don't know how many miles it was, but it was a little more than we did. Uh, but we went, we went right at 1100 miles in 44 hours. I was, I was there. Yeah. I that was, there. that was, gosh, I, that was one of the funnest races I've ever been to in my life. I liked it. Yeah. They were, they were great. I think I, I rode in one and crashed <laughs> and got hurt. So I only rode like three laps. So it was horrible. And then, then the rest of them, I worked as an, as an, actually I rode in two. Yeah. I rode in two. And when we, we rode a, a Kawasaki 700 V force. So oh, mercy. Tell me about it. <laughs> what were we thinking? Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I can remember a team being there and I, uh, if you named off some of the guys that done desert, I'd probably recognize the names. But they they had a 250R there with independent rear suspension. Um, and what time they were running, they ran great. But they, they couldn't finish because it kept breaking. I don't even remember. I know that. I know. I, I, I don't I remember who was on that team. I guarantee you, you know, you know the machine I'm talking about because it do. had independent rear suspension, and that and they tried to get this thing to last through the race uh, numerous times. And you know what time it ran? It did great. I mean, they were hauling the mail, buddy, uh, but it just wouldn't hold up. No, I think it was having. I think it had motor issues. Then it had. So chassis issues. Yeah, it was it was, it was rear end issues. So what they had out there, right? But but man, when they were running, they were fast. Wasn't Sundall on that team? I think I'm going to say the guy's name was Mike something. I don't remember the. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember whoever. I, I know that I can make a couple of calls and. and oh, I guarantee it. Yeah, they would tell me who was on that. Yeah, if you just study on it, you probably realize who it was. But it, yeah, it was. It's, yeah, yeah, they were fast, man. They they were fast. But that was that was just a great atmosphere because mm -hmm. most of the teams helped the teams. 
Yeah. You know, if you needed something, you were down or whatever. <laughs> there was always somebody, even from another team, that would be able to reach that out. Was, that was the first desert race I've ever raced in my life, you know. And uh, I went from Kentucky woods to the desert there, you know. Of course, I was hyped up. I mean, I was ready to go. I, I didn't care what it was, you know. I was just ready to race. But uh, those uh, those dried river beds, you know, and and you've got like six lines that comes down to the river bed, and then you run up a river bed for two miles or something, zigzagging in and out, you know, from side to side. You know, just about one o'clock in the morning, it was my turn to ride, and. And, and I'd made a couple laps. We were running a 10 or 11 mile course. Lap after lap after lap. And, you know, everything changed from lap to lap. But I hit that riverbed and I, I'm, I'm stroking up through there. I mean, just hammered down wide open and never seen nothing. And all of a sudden I hit something. Everything went dark. I hit the ground. I tumbled and I rolled. And I jump up. All I could hear, <laughs> I could, I could hear somebody moaning and groaning, and no box, no, no, nothing. I mean, I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. <laughs> well, I, I finally started feeling around, and I, and I found the ATV, and I, I got it up on its wheels, and uh, I was having problems with getting the lights to come on or whatever. But there, there was a dude. What I had done. Is, is I was going from side to side in the riverbed where there was some brush or whatever in between and a, a motorcycle. He was going from left to right and I was going from right to left and we just collided. Oh. We, just, we just hit before either one of us saw each other. Nobody had no idea. Well, it threw him, <laughs> it threw him for a loop and he, he just laying on the ground and moaning. You know, I, I thought this, this dude's dead. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I finally, I finally get some lights on and radio in if we've got problems, whatever. And, uh, I, I get to him and make sure he's all right. But, uh, man, that was, that was a scary moment for, you know, <laughs> but, but, but you made yeah. sure he was okay before you rode off. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, it, you know, I never even seen his headlights. I never seen nothing. It was just like all of a sudden a wall appeared right in front of me and I just hit it. You know, I mean, it, it was just there. There was no preparing for nothing. <laughs> Man. It scared it scared me pretty good. But, you know, once once we got situated, we, we took off again and kept hammering. <laughs> well, the year that I that I didn't get to ride because I threw myself on the ground, right mm -hmm. as you come out of the wash, as it, you'd make that right hander out of the wash, and it would jump up on the plateau on the flat. Oh yeah, I probably went, you know, <laughs> fifty yards on that flat, and freaking started swapping and threw myself on the ground. Mm. Yeah, that's no fun. I, 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 I think I that's what happened to Robin. Robin, I mean, he didn't even make it a lap. You know, he he flew out there with me. My, it's my younger brother, <laughs> and and he didn't even make it a lap, man. And 
it threw him over the down front end and, and broke his wrist. <laughs> and he was out for the rest of the race, you know. Did you get taken to the hospital or make him wait? No, we made him wait. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody taking him to the hospital. Shit. <laughs> wait till after the race, man. <laughs> Put some dirt on it. It'll be all right. That's right. We have business to take care of. <laughs> See, that's the difference between the racers of today and the racers yeah. of yesteryear. <laughs> you know, rub right. it on, it'll be all right. That's right. That's right. We got business to take care of. We're finished in this race. So, you, you I guess the last the last race I rode was the, oh, what was it? In uh, Iowa. It was a 24-hour race. What was that race? That motocross got put on up there. Uh, did, was it one of the Pelin, one of Pelin's races? Uh, what's his name? Pelin, John Pelin. John Pelin. That's it. It was a twenty-four hour, uh, hour race. Yeah, it was John Pelin. That was him. And that's the last race you ever rode. I think it is. Yep. Uh, the local, the local Honda dealer here. Uh, they gave me a. Uh, a new 450R. Um, of course, Doug. Doug supplied me with the front end, whatever else. Y'all got me all the suspension, uh, engine works, everything come from y'all, exhaust. Um, and I, I built it. I hadn't raced. <laughs> Golly, I hadn't raced none that year. I put a team together of local guys. I, I'm not talking about. GNCC guys. I'm talking about local guys. A, lo- a local kid that just rode with me. He probably hadn't he hadn't raced a handful of GNCCs. I mean, but he but he had a lot of talent. He was he was a good kid and he was he was fast. But he had he had a lot of problems on, but not thinking he was fast, you know. I mean, he he just needed a lot of coaching, uh, but he was an excellent rider. And I, me, him, and uh, oh, what's his name from Baltimore that uh, rode for you guys? Who? Andy Lagston. What was his name? Andy. Andy. Yeah, Andy. Andy yes. Long, long hair. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Andy. Andy was with, it was me and Andy and this other kid, young kid. And, uh, I'll be up the bike. I took it out there. We met up with land, Andy and, and we raced that race. Well, we finished top five. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it was a good race. It was a really good race. We, we, uh, I remember. We might have finished third. I don't know, third or fourth. But uh, we had a we had a good ride. We beat a lot of the Mark Crosses, a lot of. Them. For, for, well, Andy's a Woods guy, and, and he's always yeah. pretty talented. You know, he's a yeah. talented rider. Yeah. Well, he he was just he was a rider you could count on. You know, from start to finish, he may not be the fastest guy out there. But you could count on him being at the finish line, you know. Well, he came that's out west. That's what was important. Uh, he came out west and raced on yeah. the 
on the Baja team that I worked on, um, yeah. 2009 to 2007. He's, he's a good dude, man. A yeah. good dude. I haven't seen him. I probably haven't talked to him since that race. So. Well, he has a shop. It's still called Dirt First in uh, Hollywood, um, um, Burbank. Really? I yeah. thought he was saying. I thought he was in Baltimore, Maryland. He was. He moved out. Right. So he moved out west. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. He does a lot of uh, uh, movie work, motorcycle really? stuff like that. Yeah. But I, 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 he's going to come on the. He's already taped his episode to the podcast, and it's wow. he, dude. He some of the stuff he does, and some of the things that Andy's got to do. He, he he's had a pretty amazing racing career in life. Really? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. He he was so, he's such a likable guy, man. You know, I mean he he's he's pretty cool. He is. He's a good dude. Yeah. It's always. It's always funny when you have a mechanic and a mechanic racer, and he was the mechanic mm-hmm. racer, so he was always, you know, oh, I would do it this way. Well, I'm going to do it this way. And so yeah. We were always right. back and forth on doing it certain <laughs> ways. But he, he's always a good dude, and he always was able to lend a hand and never yeah. never didn't bring the bike in when he needed to, you know. Right. A couple of issues with, you know, some concrete barriers and other things, but <laughs> those things happen occasionally. Yeah. All right, brother. I want to say I want to say thank you so much. It took a long time to get you here. Oh yeah, and I know that we didn't cover all the stories, Uh, but I I want to get you to come back and and hey, hey, we can do we can do more anytime, man. The team here at ATV Talk would love your feedback. Please email us at hello at atvtalkpodcast.com. San Diego's Body Evolution and Wellness Center. With over 17 years experience, Dr. Heidi looking out after all your chiropractic needs and Coach PJ looking out after all your fitness needs. Visit our website, www.bodyevolution.org or call for an appointment, 619-987-8875. Duncan Technologies International. More than 33 years in the industries building racing programs and ATVs around the world. We build winners. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, don't forget to rate us on all the available platforms and share us with your loved ones. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for more ATV Talk News. See you next time.